Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome, one and all, to our morning worship. Uh, be interested to hear how you felt about arriving and having coffee first. Do let me know. Uh, obviously, we don't want you hanging around too much at the end, otherwise that would obviate what we've just done. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, if you want to stay and chat, that's fine. Don't worry about that. Just let me know. Uh, let Leslie know. Let another deacon know. So we can just try and judge whether or not it's worth looking at this uh, as a new format for how we work uh, and how we begin our service on a Sunday morning. Let's hear from God's word. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So let's stand if we're able and sing together from the sun's rising. Jesus our Lord shall be great in the earth, and all earth's kingdom shall be his dominion. All of the nation shall sing of his worth. Let every heart, every voice, every tongue join with spirits ablaze. One in his love we will circle the world with a song of his praise. Oh, let all his people rejoice, and let all the earth hear his voice. To every tongue, tribe, and nation he sends us to make disciples, to teach and baptize. For all authority to him is given. Now as his witnesses we shall arise. Let every part, every voice, every tongue join with spirits ablaze. One in his love we will circle the world with a song of his praise. All his people rejoice, and let all the earth hear his voice. Come, let us join with the church from all nations, cross every border, throw wide every 
Father God, that's what we want. We want to join our voices with all of the voices of the redeemed as we worship and praise your beautiful name. We're so thankful that there's an opportunity for us to be together and to worship in this way. When we're not able to be together, we miss one another. And we're thankful for the technology that we've been able to deploy over recent months. It has helped us enormously but it's not quite the same. We're glad, Lord, that we're still able to use that technology to include those that can't be here for whatever reason. And to have that link. We're so thankful that there's an opportunity like this for us to be together, to encourage one another, to try and build one another up. We come into your presence, the presence of the Holy God, and we're conscious of our own shortcomings. We pray, Father, that as we are here in your presence, you'll help us to be all that we should be under your hand. We're conscious that we've said things, thought things, done things which would not have brought glory and honour to your name in these past few days. We're sorry about that. And we hold fast to your word, the word that we read earlier. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purifies from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father, for the truth of that. Thank you for the way that it's proven in our experience, week by week, and sometimes, Lord, day by day. So renew us, restore us, refresh us, we pray, and help us to be all that we should be under your hand. Hear us as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. Today's reading is from James 5, 7 to 20. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for 
for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who persevered, who have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we'll stand and sing together once again as the deer pants for the water and I'll receive the offering at the end of this song. Have we got music? Who yeah. knows?
Let us pray. Father God, once again we come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now if you're involved with Junior Church, it's time for you to take your leave. May the Lord be with you. are doing really well in terms of singing. Uh, We're going to have another go. (laughs) Oh, hello. We're doing it that way around. My order of service is slightly different to yours. Doesn't matter. We'll do the intercessions first, then we'll have a go at singing. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for all of your love and goodness towards us. Thank you that you've not left us bereft You've given us the gift of your spirit, uh, and you promised, Lord Jesus, that uh, you would be with us always. It's good to know that, because when we look at the world sometimes, it can be quite overwhelming. There is so much that is going on, so much that is way beyond our control. And there are occasions when we just wonder, quite how will this all end? We take comfort from the fact that one day you will return and everything will be drawn to its proper conclusion. In the meantime, you call us to work with one another and with others to try and encourage and establish kingdom values and the kingdom itself uh, on the earth. We're very aware uh, of COP26, uh, meeting up in Glasgow. There have been all sorts of um, positive initiatives, agreements, targets set, etc., etc. But we do wonder with some of our younger people, is this just talking? We've heard this before. Targets have been set in the past and we are not meeting them. We're glad that there is a sense of urgency around this whole business of climate change. But we want to see the talking bear fruit. If there are practical things, Lord, that we could be doing, small though they are, please draw them to our attention. 
and we'll seek to follow your leading and guiding in these areas. We do pray, Father, that there will be changes, that significant change will happen as a result of the conversations that have gone on in Glasgow over these past few days. We know that there is hard bargaining to be done. We know that not everybody is on board, but even so, if you're not ready to return yet, Lord, help us to look after what you've placed in our hands. We continue to pray for the difference between our country and the French over uh, fishing rights. We're glad uh, that the talking is continuing and we trust and pray that a suitable solution will be found, something that's acceptable to both sides. We pray for those countries that are torn by warfare, Ethiopia and Sudan come to mind, Uh, the military coup in Sudan, the continuing war in Ethiopia, Uh, lives lost, livelihoods gone, housing destroyed, the litany is familiar and it tires us. worse for those who are in the midst of it Lord help us to be consistent in our praying in our seeking your face and again if there is anything practical that we might be able to do to assist show us what that might be and help us to follow through thank you for our city for Milton Keynes And we pray for all those that uh, work uh, for the emergency services, all the blue light stuff, fire, ambulance, police. We thank you, Father, for all those that offer to serve our community in that way. It's not easy. There's such a lack of respect for authority, and there has been for a number of years. And it may be right, Lord, that we're a little more sceptical than we used to be. Yet. There aren't many ambulance folk, police officers, fire officers that do this for the money. They're happy to serve. They should be remunerated properly. And they should be treated with respect. We pray that you might help us uh, to be aware of the humanity that inhabits the uniform. We pray for our friends. We're aware uh, of many who are in need of the touch of your hand. You know who they are, Lord. Some of them grieving. Some of them are unwell, some of them rejoicing. We picture them in our mind's eye. And as we see them, we see you coming to them and giving them all that they need.
we gather up all of our prayers as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Right, let's have another go at singing together. Lord, I come to you. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see.
Douglas, ah, there we are. That's better. I won't shout quite as loud. <laughs> so the discipline today is the discipline of uh, confession. Uh, and the scripture that we had read so beautifully for us earlier contains that piece about confessing our sins to one another and praying for each other so that we might be healed. Uh, but we read all of the context uh, about patience in suffering as well. Uh, and I think it's important that we hold all of this in its context. Uh, James turns his attention to the church, to sisters and brothers in Christ, and God's plan of redemption for all things, beginning with the incarnation of Jesus. His coming signals the breaking in of the kingdom of God into human history and human affairs. And the culmination of all of that will be when he returns and the kingdom of God is truly established on the earth. Uh, the early church believed that the return of Jesus was imminent, that it would happen soon. And here we are, still waiting. How long, O oh Lord, how long? There's an Old Testament refrain, uh, awaiting the return of the Lord. Uh, and you hear that echoed in the Psalms, you hear it in the New Testament too. Uh, in the Old Testament and the Psalms, they're awaiting the coming of Messiah for the first time. Uh, but in the church, uh, it is a heartfelt plea for him <clears throat> to return for the second time. Not surprisingly, the church was impatient, especially as persecution began to bite. Uh, even without that, to be oppressed by others, when you know a glorious freedom beckons, is difficult to take, isn't it? How long, Lord, how long before you come? James counsels patience. It's just a matter of waiting now like a farmer waits. Do what needs to be done. Prepare the ground, sow the seed, weed, tend, and wait. The harvest will come. The same is true for us as we await the Lord's return. We need to be attentive to God's word, to live as though the gospel is true. And you know that I summarize that, friends, in this way. Love God and love your neighbour as yourself. We should do whatever we can do to further the kingdom values uh, whilst we're alive, because one day the Lord will return, all this will end, and a new life will begin. Be patient, be attentive, do what you can, when you can. Don't worry about what you can't do. That is a waste of time and energy. Verse 10, James gives another example from the prophets who spoke of the coming of Messiah but never saw him. They were patient and faithful and we are called to be the same. So we continue to live the gospel amongst our peers, eagerly awaiting the Lord's return, even though we don't know when exactly that will be. James encourages his hearers to persevere. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and 
have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Job is an interesting example of perseverance under trial. Uh, If you read the book, you will know that he's done nothing wrong, and yet he loses everything. His trials come because God points him out as a righteous man in the courts of heaven. Job has three friends who try to help him understand why everything has gone wrong. And everything they say to him is wrong. His wife tells him he would be better off cursing God and dying. Job replies, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Job did not sin in what he said. Job holds fast to God, even in the midst of his distress. What is happening around us today? What are the circumstances of your lives now? Is God in it? Of course he is. Can you see him? Well, that may be another thing entirely. But will you trust God in bad times as well as good? What is your relationship with God like? Are you a fair-weather Christian? Or are you someone that will stand with him no matter what, come what may? These are all questions that James poses for his church, and they're very relevant for us today. We're encouraged to be patient like a farmer, to be faithful like the prophets, and to persevere like Job. And then we come to the prayer of faith, that piece uh, from verse 13 onwards, where we're encouraged uh, to confess our sins to one another. And these few verses have attracted their share of controversy down through the years. Um, it's where our Roman Catholic friends go to support their doctrine of extreme unction, that is, prayer of last rites. Uh, for those who are dying. It's where our Pentecostal and charismatic friends go to support the laying on of hands and anointing with oil as a means of healing. Are they right? Well, yes, of course they are. They're absolutely right. The difficulties arise for us when we presume upon God. The conversation can be quite difficult sometimes, when we have offered this prayer of healing and we've said to people, look, it's in the Bible, it's here. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just pray for you right now? And so we do. And nothing happens. Well, nothing that we can see happens. And then we start to try and justify why nothing that we can see has happened. We've done what we're supposed to do and you're still not well. Well, it must be your fault. Maybe there is some unconfessed sin in your life. Just think back over your life and is there anything? Well, if you start doing that, you'll be there all day, won't you? I've got lots. Or maybe it's your lack of faith. You don't believe enough. What nonsense that is. Jesus says, if you've got faith the size of of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, jump into the sea, and it will. It has nothing to do with the amount of faith a person has. 
It has nothing to do with shortcomings in the one that we are praying for. It has to do with God's sovereignty. When Jesus walked the earth, he did not heal everybody. It's hard to understand, isn't it? Why some and not others? We don't know. That's as much as we can say. And when we do pray for one another, when we pray for healing for our friends, let's do it in the right spirit. Let's come knowing and believing that God will do something for them. It may not be what we would want, and it may not be what they would want, but it will be what God will want. Whenever someone has asked me if I will pray for them, for healing for them, I've always said yes, and I've always asked God to heal. Alongside that, I've always asked God to bless too, And to do whatever he wants to do. To do anything less would be wrong. Confessing our sins to one another, yes. That is a useful and worthwhile thing to do. Uh, Because we are Baptist believers, we don't understand uh, our pastors, our ministers, in a priestly fashion. Um, a priest is someone who stands between God and the people. A priest is someone who offers up the sins of the people to God and receives forgiveness and doles it out to the people. That's how that's understood in the Old Testament and very often in the New as well. We don't understand uh, our ministers like that, and I'm glad we don't. But there are occasions when you just need another human being to tell you that you are forgiven. And that, I think, is all that is required. When we come to listen to one another, when we come to pray for one another, we must always have somewhere in our thinking the truth that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you are right not to put me on a pedestal above where you are. And I am right not to put you on a pedestal above where I am. It is right for us to understand one another as human human beings, uh, frail and fragile. Glorious and sinners at the same time. It's right for us to see one another for who we really are. And we must always come in all humility, listening carefully, and saying to God, your will be done. So when someone comes and says, could I speak to you? Could I confess my sin to you? That might happen for for some of you. It may. It happens for me because of dint of my office. Be assured, friends, I do not judge. I have no interest in that at all. 
I want to see you free. I want to see you growing and developing in your discipleship. I want to see you blossom in your relationship with the Lord. And I will do all that I can to see you achieve that. When someone comes and says, can I speak to you, will you pray for me? The answer is always yes. We offer the prayer. Uh, We offer prayers knowing that God is going to bless the individual that we're praying for. Not knowing or presuming that we know what that blessing will look like. But offering that prayer. And it says, doesn't it, the prayer of a righteous person, righteous woman, a righteous man will be effective. So who, who among us is righteous? Well, that's anyone who's in good standing with God. That's not just a priest. It's not just the minister or a deacon. The last few verses in the letter are all about mutuality. They're all about helping one another stay faithful to God, stay connected with God, stay connected with our sisters and brothers in Christ in the church. So let's be like that. Let's be patient with one another and with God. Let's persevere, be faithful. Let's pray for one another and for the world. Let me pray for you now. Father God, we pray that you will help us understand what it is that you want from us. We ask that you would help us to be quick to forgive, to be ready and willing to pray for restoration, to seek encouragement for our sisters and brothers in Christ. We ask, Lord, that if we need to confess our sins to another person, you would bring the right person alongside us. We pray that as we do that, we would find healing and release and that we would grow into maturity in Christ Jesus because that is what you want for us and it's what we want for one another. Draw near and bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing together once again a great old hymn, Dear Lord and Father.
Now may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.